According to UNICEF, 22,000 children die every day from poverty. Water and sanitation problems affect more than half of the world's population. In developing countries, 1.2 billion people don't have access to clean water. And 1.4 million children die every year from lack of access to safe drinking water and appropriate sanitation. Infectious diseases are still a significant killer in poor countries around the world. It is estimated that 40 million people are living with HIV and AIDS. Every year, around 500 million cases of malaria are reported, and 1 million end in fatality. Malaria is the most prevalent in Africa, where 90% of malaria deaths occur, and 80% of the child victims worldwide live. But why are there disparities around the world? Surely, we, as humans, our main aim is to ensure our own kind is thriving, not just surviving. The world is divided the developed West and the developing rest. Emerging nations are closing this developing gap, but we'll get into this later on. In this episode of That Jog Pod, we are going to start with the global development, first of all looking at what development is, the different levels of development, and finally how we measure development on the planet. Now development, the idea of development and this notion about being developed, initially my instant reaction is to money. To be the most developed you have to have the most money. But this is actually not true. Development by definition is people improving their standards of living or quality of life. Development happens in developing nations and our emerging nations on the planet. To measure such thing like development various indicators are used. You may have heard of some of them. The first one is GDP per capita. GDP is the gross domestic product. It is the total value of goods and services produced within a country within a year, divided by the number of people in the country. Basically, the average money one person is expected to make in that nation. The second one is GNI per capita. Now GNI is just gross national income. It's exactly the same as GDP, but it includes wealth from outside the country by its companies. So for example, GNI for America will consider the whole wide world sales of Apple, for example. The next one is life expectancy. The average number of years a person can expect to live in a country. That's the first indicator that doesn't require wealth. More health. Birth rate the number of live births for every thousand women in the country. Death rate, number of deaths for every thousand people in the country. Total fertility rate is the average number of children each woman will have in her lifetime. That is expected to be significantly higher in developing nations compared to developed. The developed world, we have small families compared to the developing world. Infant mortality rate, The number of babies born alive who don't survive past their first birthday per thousand in the country. Maternal mortality rate. The number of mothers per hundred thousand who die during childbirth. And finally, moving away from healthcare is adult literacy rate. The percent of 16 year old and higher who can read and write. They are the indicators of development.
ways of measuring development is GDP, or simply to measure its economic might in the world. And GDP is okay, it's not too bad, however it does not give the whole picture. Even if a country has large income, this money may not be spread evenly across its population. A minority might be very rich, while the rest are very poor. You imagine you've got a country of five people. One person earns a million pound a year, and the other four earn a pound. Their GDP is £200,000. Doesn't show the right picture. Now, Qatar in the Middle East has the world's, one of the world's highest GDP per capita due to its large oil reserves, but many people are still experiencing the low standard of living. Its GDP suggests it's in the top quartile of the world. But recently, controversy around the FIFA World Cup in a country with more than 6,500 migrant workers from India, Pakistan, Nepal, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka have died in Qatar since it won the right to host this World Cup just 10 years ago. It is not a developed nation. As well as GDP, so the money, what other factors do we consider when deciding whether a country is developed or not? GDP loan is not the only loan factor that probably couldn't tell you the whole picture. No single measure of development can provide this whole picture of the differences in development between countries, or even the developing within a nation. However, in 1990, the UN introduced the idea of the Human Development Index, or HDI for short. This measure considers aspects of social and economic development and it considers three different things life expectancy mainly to measure the health care of the country education mainly measured through adult literacy rate and income measured through GDP now this HDI is an example of a composite index basically where more than one indicator is used to measure the development HDI groups countries into four levels of human development and it uses fixed range values between zero being the least developed countries and one being the most developed. The categories are developed at the top, you require a HDI value of 0.8 or above and there's 49 countries there. And all the way at the bottom you are the developing nations you have to be between 0 and 0 0.55 and at the moment we have 45 countries there the bit in between well you're emerging you can either be lower quartile emerging or higher emerging that's where the majority of the world is at the moment they are emerging to become undeveloped top of the HDI scale is Norway. Norway is the most developed country in the world. The reason why is its wide-ranging economy, reliant in fuel, oil and gas exports, and with the demand for energy going up, 
Norway is set to become one of the most stable and, and rich economies for many, many years to come. It also has one of the largest reserves of seafood, hydropower, lumber, minerals, natural gas and fresh water. Norway boasts the lowest unemployment rates around the world. The poverty rate is extremely low and wage rate is extremely high in Norway due to its wide sector jobs. The gap between the poor and rich in this country is also significantly smaller than those in the UK and the USA respectively. Yes, Norway definitely has a very high standard of living and it's all thanks to its government for the heavy spending on all these things such as the education system which have resulted in Norwegians becoming extremely literate, affluent and well educated. It boasts a free healthcare due to its um, productivity and wealth around the country. The lowest nation on the HDI scale is Niger. Niger, an African country located on the edge of the Sahara, is known for being one of the poorest countries in the world, with a growing population of 16.6 million people. Over 45% of the citizens that live there live under the international poverty line. Some causes of poverty in Niger are the high birth rate, the major and minor droughts that affect agriculture and economic growth, and the outward effects of the conflict involving the militant Islamic group Boko Haram. The main poverty causes in Niger are high birth rate. Niger has a literacy rate of just 19.1% and 4.2% of children under 5 suffer from malnutrition. With the highest birth rate in the world at around 7.4 births per woman, the grown population makes it difficult to feed and educate families. While there are family plan programs implemented throughout Niger, only 11% of married women take advantage of contraceptions and family planning methods. This is mainly due to the lack of education surrounding contraceptives, as well as fear how they might affect the body. However, many organisations are working hard to break these myths about contraceptive and teach men and women the beneficial effects that family planning can have on breaking poverty in Niger. The second reason is droughts. Now a country that hugs the Sahara would obviously be plagued by these. Niger's economy is mainly based through the primary sector or agriculture or farming and it makes up around 36.5% of its total GDP per capita. When external shocks due to climate occur it leads to both food and job shortages in Niger. For example, Niger has been struck with three major droughts in the last two decades, all causing major food shortages and an increase in food prices and a fewer available jobs. The last major drought from 2010 still has Niger recovering from its effects 11 years later. Organisations like the the World Food Programme are implementing measures to help combat the underlying cause of poverty in Niger. Through the World Food Programme, communities are learning about the environmental rehabilitation programmes, agriculture recovery programmes and emergency preparedness programmes so they can be better understood about how to alleviate poverty in this area. The last and probably the most shocking reason is Boko Haram. We may have heard of ISIS, 
Boko Haram is another extremist group linked to Islam. Boko Haram doesn't really get a mention, but it's devastating on the west coast of Africa. In 2015, about 750 troops were deployed to Nigeria to help fight off the militant Islamic group Boko Haram. During this time, over 115,000 people were displaced and sought refuge within Niger, causing a greater imbalance with an already flawed economy. Over the last two years, Niger has been involved in fighting Boko Haram, their involvement notably their violent and controlling ways. This has disrupted the economic development within the country, as well as it creates fears of food shortages. While the outlook seems grim for Niger, the new president of Nigeria has been implementing a new solution to help ward off the Boko Haram through the creation of the multinational joint task force to strengthen the region as well as loan from the World Bank. There is hope to, to sometimes restore the economic stability in the area. The causes of poverty in Niger range from, range from social to economic to the political regarding the population growth, unstable weather and social conflict. While all this creates an economic instability, unsta the country and its negative effects with its people, there is help from surrounding countries and organisations to help put Niger back on its feet. Thank you for listening to this episode of That Jog Pod with me, Mr. Darby. Next time, we're going to discuss why we have the development gap. And finally, that age-old debate. What works better, socialism or capitalism? I might sit on the fence for that one.